Welcome to Livestream Deals. I'm Ross Brand from Livestream Universe. This is the show where we bring you products and services for online entrepreneurs and all types of businesses, as well as content creators, live streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, and more. And today we've got a, a wonderful guest from Mammoth Analytics. Dom Barry joins us as part of our this is the third of our three in the PodMax series presented by uh, Propelify. And it, it's been fun talking to people with businesses serving the enterprise and also small to mid-sized businesses, which Monmouth does. Uh, Dom, tell us about how your company is making it easier for non-tech folks to make use of data. Pleasure to be here, Ross. Um, yeah, really excited to talk about Mammoth. Uh, the genus of it was that our founder was working in the software um, engineering team and increasingly he was being pulled to solve data problems from the analysts who had all the data and they knew what they wanted from it, but they had no idea how to, how to get that information. And so they went to their IT teams who knew how to get the data, but didn't know why they were doing it. And so there was kind of huge inefficiency. And what we wanted to do was just to empower that, that kind of the analyst who has all the data, who's a domain expert, um, and is really smart, but probably doesn't know how to code, probably isn't that technical. But we wanted to give him all the tools just to be able to do it himself to do it in the way that he wants it without the, the kind of inefficiency of the backwards and forwards with the IT team, who probably didn't want to be helping him in the first place either. Who <laughs> wanted to be doing something else. So what, what are companies now have a massive, from all sizes, have more data than ever, right? What are the challenges in cleaning up and organizing that data uh, along with choosing what it is that you need to measure, because if, if you try and measure everything, you're going to be overwhelmed. So how do you help uh, companies in terms of narrowing that process down, cleaning up the data, but also perhaps coming up with a dashboard that makes sense for them and their business? Yeah, yeah, that's the data, the new, go the new oil is what people say. <laughs> and the whole COVID thing has been... Has, has made it very clear that data is being, you know, just used and, you know. So the, the issues that we see in terms of the data journey is that about 80% of time spent on data is spent pulling it in from different places and cleaning it all up and preparing it. And companies might not even know they have the volume of data that they have, there might be some in a data lake over here. There might be some in a database over there. There might be some on the USB stick in the drawer of some guy's desk in an office. Um, there might be data anywhere. And so the question is, how do you get that data into one place? How do you then clean it up? And how do you make sense of it? And what we're trying to do is analyze, kind of give the analysts the ability to do that. And before now, the analysts would probably, if they didn't have a technical background, have to work with IT, as you mentioned. Uh, what are some of the other challenges that data analysts face when they're charged with 
getting that data together so that they can actually have it ready and analyze it. Yeah, look, it's, it, it, it's, it's what we're saying. I mean, the, the five main steps of that data journey, it's the consolidation of data. Let me just close the door. Sure. The consolidation of the data. It is housing it in one place mm-hmm. so that you have that single source of truth. And then it's about, um, about cleaning it up. Uh, you guys uh, on the other side of, of the pond, I'm based in London in the UK, have the, the garbage in, garbage out concept. Right. And I, I, I've heard some pretty vulgar um, kind of equivalents in, in English, but it's right. that idea of we've got duplicate data, we've got data that isn't right because somebody's filled it in wrong or has a different spelling or a, a different term for you've got to clean all that up because no matter how pretty the pictures that you create or the graphs that you create, the visualizations that you create, they're only going to be as good as the data that goes in. So that, that bit of cleaning it up and preparing it is tedious as hell, right? but it has to be done. And so if we can take that 80% and reduce that to 5%, which is what we're able to do by getting rid of the inefficiency between the IT team and the analyst and empowering the analysts to do it themselves, click and drop, automate some of this stuff, then we can, we can allow them to do the cool stuff that analysts want to do and sign up to do, which is to analyze the data, get the insights, and be able to make those business decisions which, which are going to have a, a significant impact and a positive, positive impact on, on their business. Another thing we like to say over here is time is money. And so when evaluating a, a service, let's say, uh, often look, we look at how much time it will save us so that we can use that time to earn money and, and work on our core business. When, when you look at, uh, say, a, a mid-sized company, and your they 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 select your service. What are they saving in terms of time when it comes to cleaning up their data and getting it ready and having it all uh, so that they can go ahead and and start uh, doing their work on it? Ross, that is the question that I would have planted um, if I wanted you to to ask me a specific question. I'm um, thinking as a data guy, you probably have data on that. We've got a bit of data. But, I mean, if I were to come and say, look, we'll save you 20% or whatever, that ain't going to cut it right. It has to be this kind of 10x kind of improvement. And, you know, two great examples, a, a CPG company dealing with uh, Nielsen data, market research data, retailer data and you know that poor girl was spending five hours every monday creating reports right she put up based on the previous month's sales or whatever it was you know we were able to spend a couple of hours sorting it all out for her we were then able to automate that pro um that kind of project for her and we've reduced that to a five minute um sorry a seven minute turnaround time now and that means that she can go to bed on a Sunday evening happy that her number <laughs> is not going to be destroyed by this, 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 this tedium. And then we've got a, a, a company out in, in, in New York City who, uh, quite a senior guy who was spending four days every fortnight to produce the reports needed for management to, to show the engagement of their customers. Right. Um, we, we've kind of got that down to about 20 minutes um, 
So we're kind of, and he's able to produce those reports weekly as opposed to bi-weekly. It's a fundamental saving of time. And we were worried that this guy was going to be out of a job. He was going to be fired because we kind of, um, kind of automated it all for him. He has found all sorts of additional ways to analyze the data and pull additional data in. And he is happy to be able to be doing the, 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 the good stuff as right. opposed to the, the, the tough stuff. So even people who are very capable of doing this work on on their own or who are looking to say they they know how to do some of the more complex stuff, predictive analytics and AI and so forth, they want to use your service because there's just, even if they know how to do it, there's no way that they can do it at that speed. Yeah. So that that 80-20 rule holds good whatever the sector is, and we've Mm -hmm. got a lot of experience in this. So you know, banks, we, you know, the statisticians who are rolling out the models, the research models are still spending the 20%, the, the 80% preparing the data, bringing the data sources together. The, the biologists in the clinical labs, in the trial labs, who are, who are kind of analyzing data, their own data, third party data, they have brains bigger than, you know, small towns in New Jersey and are, you know, still are not able to devote that brain power right. to finding the cure for COVID or, or for cancer because they're having to spend 80% of the time cleaning it all up. So, you know, there's, there's, there's just tremendous value in, in kind of, in kind of giving this efficiency. Now, a lot of the, the people who listen to live stream deals who are content creators, the data that they live in are social media analytics and audience analytics. Right. Uh, do you get into that for some of the companies you work with? Yeah, so we've started this with a, with a gaming company who is not getting as much feedback from a big social media ca- uh, company that has a, a big F in a blue background. And oh, yeah, yeah, I they, know that one. I've yeah, heard of it, I think. You've heard of it. You've heard of it. <laughs> it's just made it over to the UK. Yeah, but, um, I, I might have done like a thousand live streams on that platform, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> So, no. So, you know, what is the value of the ad spend? Is there a way to improve, you know, uh, the, the, the efficiency and to target uh, possible customers more efficiently? Well, to do that, they are taking their own customer data that they're getting from their platform. And they're also kind of pulling in the, the <coughs> Facebook uh, kind of uh, analytics and, and just running all sorts. Now, they then take it to an extra level. We rest in the kind of domain of the descriptive analytics so we take the information that we have um and then they we clean it all up for them so that they can then start um start really pinpointing and i think it's given a 20 or 30 percent saving allowed them to save 20 or 30 percent on their on their facebook spend which is a pretty good result considering how much they spend (laughs) yeah can you explain for um people might not be familiar the the difference between descriptive and predictive and proscriptive and the different types of analytics uh that that you find out there well look i mean broadly uh, descriptive is is dealing with data that uh that you have you know you just kind of functional data that comes in and then when you get into predictive and prescriptive, it's it's thinking about how you use that data and then start kind of extrapolating and, and kind of working out the outcomes based on based on the data you already have. And you know, you can go into the concept of machine learning and 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 um, uh, AI. But the reality is that any of that is only as good 
as the data that you use to build those models on the predictive model, the prescriptive models. And so this concept of cleaning up the data, which is, mm-hmm. is really turgid, it's not glamorous at all, but is, it is absolutely vital, Ross, in order to then, whether it's to do your graphs or whether it's to do the AI stuff, um, or machine learning stuff, um, you know, it has to be clean data. And, and, this is, and, and, and it's only the subject matter expert the analyst, whoever, who knows their data, who is able to kind of know that actually that's wrong or that should fit into that segment or category and, and that shouldn't be there at all, we should get rid of that or that's wrong, let's export that and work out where it's wrong. You know, if you hand that to IT, why would an IT guy know right, right. in that detail, right? We're talking with Dom Berry from Mammoth Analytics, joining us from the UK. And one of the things that always interests me with entrepreneurs, how did you get started? What what kind of businesses did you have or what area did you work in before uh, launching Mammoth Analytics? So I read uh, Modern and Medieval Languages. And I apologize for calling it Mammoth. It's Mammoth. But in New Jersey, we have a county called Monmouth. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I wrote it down as Monmouth. It's Mammoth, as in Mammoth, as in expansive and large and... (laughs) Not Mammoth. as in that county that's near the beach. <laughs> mammoth.io, and I see that they're, they're digging up some mammoth um, remains in Mexico, the, the new airport. So that's mm. breaking news today. So I, I kind of read um, modern and medieval languages at university too many years ago. And for whatever reason, I ended up with a 20-year career in telecommunications, different type of data, kind of content delivery and right. working with Big, the big internet companies kind of delivering content. Uh, but I increasingly started work and I was, I was doing a few kind of entrepreneurial stuff. I knew that I wanted to be doing my own thing. Uh, most of them failed, I've got to say, in, in pretty, pretty horrendous circumstances. But I then started working with some of the incubators and, and kind of smaller startups. And I thought, Do you know what, some of these guys are doing really cool stuff. Um, I don't want to join a company for the sake of joining a company. I want to join a company if there's a chance that we can, we can kind of allow people to do things differently and, and kind of help them out really. And, right. and I, I had the, 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 the great fortune of meeting the founder uh, who'd had to move from San, San Francisco back well, to London. And I was introduced to him on the basis that we would, I would be able to introduce him to some people um, help him raise a bit of money maybe, but just generally get him involved with, with the various communities that I had been working with. And we just hit it off. I, I, I thought what he was doing in spite of not having my, not having any experience with data analytics, as you can probably tell from this, uh, this, uh, this, this chat, um, I just saw the value. I just thought that this is, this is really, really cool. And I, I, I believe in him as well, a very kind of, um, uh, kind of esoteric, but but kind of um, thoughtful guy um, who was talking to me more about philosophy rather than how do you do a, a kind of a startup? You know, what do people need? What do they want? And look, uh, a couple of months after that, I, I quit my job and I, um, I I joined him. And you know, this is the the great adventure. But what we're trying to do, I think, will help so many people and 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 hopefully change the way that they. They look at it, and data could be interesting. It's all around us, and right, right. so much can come of it. But you know, there is this kind of oh, it's quite boring or tedious, or oh, I don't want to know anything about it. Whereas we want to democratize it. We want people to to start using it 
properly and, and to enjoy using it, I suppose. So, Forgive the passion. I'm English. I'm not very good at being passionate. but <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is great because you came from, from not really knowing a lot about data analytics other than recognizing that this is where things were going to now being able to speak with a certain amount of expertise or at least fake it. Um, so... <laughs> Um, how can I learn the same thing? And I'm sure there's others in our listening group. We're presented with uh, analytics on all these different apps that we use. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I went over the analytics, whatever. You know, I'm like, I do what I do when I do it. You know, but it, what, what's funny is that, uh, and no, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a little bit facetious, but what's funny is how much business has changed from, I don't know, 20 years ago where, like, the guy in charge would be somebody, and it would probably be a guy, who, like, had been through a few a few years of experience and had that gut instinct and, you know, was, let's go for it. Nah, let's not do this one. I'm not feeling like uh, eh, the, the, the Far East is an opportunity right now or whatever. To where the, the amount of data and the ability to make only data driven decisions now uh can 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 almost overwhelm and it's like the the smartest person in the room is the person who understands we need this data but on occasion human instinct actually has to rule over the data because we can see things but it's it's like something that you do on a rare occasion instead of being why you were hired. <laughs> does that make sense? It does, and I think that um, pretty much everything out there, the mandate, you know, you will get X, Y, Z, Z, sorry, out of your data, right? You know, we have listeners in Canada and across the world, <laughs> so... <laughs> this concept, you know, this is what you need to get out of your data. Right. What we are trying to do is to say to someone, you know your data, Look, pull it in to, you know, drag and drop it in, connect to a database. You know, we're, we're a really powerful ingestion engine. But then before you do anything else and set rules out, and start exploring your data, start discovering it because you don't know what you don't know. Was that Donald's Run, Donald Rumsfeld back in the day? But you really don't know. And if you've got a huge data set, how could you be expected to know what's going on? So the first thing to do before you think about any kind of automation or any kind of you know, schemas that that that, that will um, that will kind of create these data flows is just to start playing around with the data, have a look at it, think, well, if this leads to this, what, and then things will that you never even occurred will start happening, and, and you'll start seeing patterns, and you well, actually, I, I was going in this direction, but the data actually says I should be going in that direction. So instead of kind of starting out saying I need X, Y, Z, you might play with the data and tool around a bit and see, well, actually, it's the ABC that actually is going to be what needs to drive my business, right? right. And so giving people the tools to do that um, is, it, it's just hugely valuable, right? Well, it's a, lot, it's a lot like science, right? You have to test these things out. It's not like the data says this, so the decision is this. You have to kind of figure it out and test it and try it and then, you know, regroup and look at the new data you've acquired, right? It's an ongoing process. It isn't as simple as you create a dashboard and when the number is at this, you go forward. And when the number is at this, you go back. It's a constant reevaluating process, which is why 
big companies have teams of analysts. And just to make it even more complex, Ross, the mm-hmm. data keeps changing as well. Right. Right? So uh, how do you look at it? There are, there are myriad ways that you look at it, but actually that times a myriad of ways that it comes in or, or different data sets that are added or shifts. In, in, I mean, COVID has, has shown up, you know, if ever you thought that you had your data flow sorted out or you knew how to handle the data, suddenly COVID happens, your business is turned upside down. You have to start right. really thinking about it. So you need the flexibility to be able to, to, to kind of do that. And yeah. It's, it's cool. It, 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 oh, it's making people's lives easier, I think. And, and nah. For those wanting to look, to learn more, feel more literate about understanding how data works and how they can use it in, in their business, are there some good resources out there? Or how, how did you go about educating yourself to where uh, you can now uh, really understand and talk expertly about it? Well, um, thank you. I, I listen to a number of, of, of podcasts that, that, that are out there. I think a lot of these podcasts seem to be seem to be done by by people who work for IBM so there's a certain degree of uh, uh, bias there but I, I kind of learned quite a lot online researchers mm-hmm. online uh, medium there's a, there's a website called medium that, that tends to, to kind of contain quite a lot of quite a lot of good stuff um, mammoth.io has has um, has pretty good content and we're kind of adding to that um, I have found the best source is, is talking to people and, and asking, asking people what, what their challenges are. And invariably people will have challenges and they, they don't always think that those challenges can be surmounted. So I find just talking to people and, and, and that as having been the best kind of education for me. What happened to the term big data, which about five to 10 years ago was on every magazine cover and talked about now people are back to calling it data again. <laughs> Is it because we've just become so used to the fact that having a lot of data is now a reality or <laughs> is there still some characterization of something called big data anymore? Well, what, what big data I was taught um, came about when you had the three V's. It was volume, velocity, and um, a third one, I, 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 I got a brain freeze on it. But yeah, big data is there. We're not talking about it more. I think you're right. I think it's because we have so much more data now. Right. Um, you know, I mean, everything from sensors, IoT things, your, your fridge talking to you, you know, sending stuff out, obviously all the, all the kind of cookie stuff. And I know that's, that's all changing, but you know, now that we're so much more digital, that all the, the, the kind of data points are, are kind of multiplying. It's they? no longer they, like, look at this one company in the industry that made use of big data to better uh, understand what their customers were looking for. Now, there's probably not a, a company in the industry that isn't using it on some level, right? <laughs> I think you have to. I think you have to. And so maybe that's why we don't talk about big data, um, because... Uh, big data is now just normal data. Right. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I'm still trying to think of that third V, maybe kind of um, answers on a postcard and a, a, a free mammoth trial. If, if someone can veracity? Um, something about think. validity, veracity, something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just yeah, guessing. I figure yeah, why yeah. not? Let yeah, the host yeah. make a fool of himself. I should have just said I have no idea. <laughs> 
So, so, uh, so yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where your business is looking. What, 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 what changes do you see coming in the next three to five years as, you know, data becomes more ubiquitous and the tools get faster and, and the demand is, it, it becomes even greater. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd kind of thought that our, our kind of market where we'd appeal most would be to kind of certain verticals, biotech, CPG, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, healthcare, retail, that sort of thing. But in actual fact, there seems to be a demand in most functions within most organizations. Um, right. Now, where I see the, um, the industry going, I think it's got to be self-serve. I think people have got to be able to do it themselves. I think more people are learning how to code, but I don't think enough people are. Um, I think that if there is the ability to have some sort of Excel plus mammoth.io, um, then people will be able to um, people will be able to wrangle with their data themselves. Whether that is their their budgeting that they're doing at home, whether they're kind of bringing in additional. Um, uh, bits of bits of data or open banking stuff that that kind of allows them to to to, to get insights from their their spending at home or whatever it is, or whether it is at work when they they just got to get an ad hoc answer to to someone or they need an ad hoc um, kind of answer to a query that they need to make of their data, then just having the tool to do it themselves rather than have to go to um, go to a third party to, to ask them to do it, I think is the way forward. And I think Excel, Excel's great, isn't it? And everybody uses Excel, but yeah. when you start using bigger volumes of data, you start, it starts really slowing down. And I think people are necessarily going to be using more volumes of data. So, or bigger volumes of data. So, you know, there's going to be the need for something that, that kind of fills that gap. And look, if you've got billions and billions of rows and, and, and that sort of stuff, you would put in a bespoke, um, solution, right? But right. I mean, pay an awful lot for it. But if you just need to, if you need to pull pull together your your, your your different data sets unexpectedly, or or even just set up data flows for kind of normal size um, data, then you know this is you need to be able to doing it yourself. How big is your team? We are about if I include about 16 or 17, we're not big, but we're distributed. So we've got a few guys in the U S we've got some guys in, um, uh, in India or in the UK and in Europe as well. So, um, Spain and Portugal. Is there a difference in approach the way, uh, companies in, in certain regions may look at data versus others? Is, is there different demands regionally? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. But what I have seen is that some countries are not ahead of the curve, but some people have already thought about their data strategies. And, um, you know, there are some countries, you know, I don't think the concept of a chief data officer exists, right? So that's because the the, the general uh, outlook isn't yet seeing the value of of harnessing the data that these companies have so i think i don't know whether i think everybody wants to use data to improve the bottom line mm-hmm. i just think that there are some companies in some countries which have taken it more seriously um, so far 
Now, how about the security of the data? Is that an area which um, you have to spend a fair amount of time dealing with? Because, or, or do these companies have their own solution uh, built in? So we are based on the cloud. Now we're mm-hmm. cloud agnostic, so it could be AWS, it could be Azure, it could be um, GCP. Um, or we can actually have the solution on-premise as well, if if necessary. So healthcare companies, obviously HIPAA compliance is, is important. Right. We are in Europe, which of course is um, the birthplace of, of GDPR, which um, is, a, is, is, is a wonderful thing, uh, if, if, if you like that sort of thing. Um, we have to be very, very careful. We have to adhere by, by kind of all the laws. And, you know, the, the cloud guys in, kind of have a lot of that sorted out. Um, but we add extra layers of the kind of encryption and, and, and all sorts of stuff because, yeah, data breaches, you know, uh, are bad things. And, you know, we have to do everything we can to make sure that that doesn't happen. And, you know, we're in, we're in pretty good shape. The company is Mammoth Analytics, and we're talking with... Dom Beery, Dom, I, I'd say this is probably the most fun conversation about data I could imagine. It's, uh, be it's been <laughs> great. Uh, it's been great chatting with you here on live stream deals. Tell everybody where they can find out more information about the company and how they can reach out if they're interested in perhaps working with you. Absolutely. So mammoth.io, M-A-M-M-O-T-H dot I-O. Um, mammoth underscore io on twitter and then look i'm i'm don beery and you can you can kind of find me on linkedin um generally posting things about data who would have thought um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to 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 kind of hear from anybody and just you know provide a sounding board because for some companies it is probably seems more more complex than it needs to be and so really happy just to talk to people about what they're thinking about there i talked about the data journey there's also the data in bit the strategies for how what data you want to collect and what data you want to use and then the data out bit which is more what we're doing which is how you then deal with that how you store it in one place how you have that single source of truth and and, and what you do to then analyze it we don't tell you what to analyze or how to analyze it we just give you the tools to to do it yourself Great chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us, Don. Absolute pleasure, Ross. Take care. This is Livestream Deals. I'm Ross Brand, and this is the third of our three-episode series from PodMax by Propelify, and we'll talk to you again soon on another episode of Livestream Deals. Take care, everybody.